Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Daily Bread. I'm your host, David. Glad to be back. Had a little hiatus for the holidays. I'll be honest with you, I actually got sick as a dog for over a week. Um, so that was not super fun. And uh, also had to, you know, I said in the last episode that I hired, you know, an editor producer to help me streamline the process. That person's been fired because they did a horrible job and they were late with everything and didn't follow instructions. So many such cases, you know, if you want to do anything right in this world, you got to do it yourself. So I'm back to back to editing the the fucking podcast myself again. Um, we're we're we're, we're going to find another editor. We're going to find another editor. But for this one, back to back to me slaving away, you know, you, it, it is true, you just can't rely on people, and it really is just such a disappointment, not to start on like a rant, but I mean, I feel like one of the things I really like about trading, um, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this, is that, especially if you've ever like managed people before, or try to run a business, is that managing people fucking sucks, okay, I hate it, it's like the worst thing, and you forget when you haven't done it for a while, like, I hadn't managed anyone for, like, over a year now, probably, maybe a year and a half, uh, since I've just tried to be full-time trading, and I don't miss it at all, I don't miss it at all, trying to teach people, and, 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 and just excuses, and by the way, it's like, the guy was giving me these, like, these, ex- oh, it's still rendering, oh, it, like, like, the, the lamest excuses in the world, I'm like, brother, who are you bullshit? Okay, you think I don't know those fucking excuses? <laughs> you think you, who are you talking to? I'm the king of making up excuses for clients, okay, as to why something is not on time or done correctly. Okay, so anyways, long story short, had to fire the guy. Looking for a new person. Uh, I have a couple people I'm gonna try out, but for this episode, we're doing. I'm doing it myself, doing the whole shebang. So you need any if you need something done right you still got to do it for yourself and, and and by the way you know the other thing too is i paid this person well i actually did the thing that one of my downfalls used to be i used to always go the cheap route i used to always just like ah, i'll find the cheap person and train them well that was the fame yeah yeah that works that's that's smart buddy find the cheap person and train them well well this time i did the opposite i actually went with the person who gave me the 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 most expensive quote and they had a good resume like i looked at their work and i liked their work Still didn't matter. Still didn't matter. The work was mediocre, not as good as their their portfolio, and uh, they were just late with everything and giving constant excuses. And it's like, come on, yeah. and especially on the first impression. I mean, at least you know, at least give me like a month of good work before you start being late with everything. I mean, you're late out the gate. So, anyways, needless to say, that's I was sick and I got lazy and didn't want to do the podcast myself. So um, that's why there was no episode for a couple weeks, but we're back. Happy New Year. Off to a great start, you know, firing people and getting sick. Great start to the new year. Um, Let's get into the coins a little bit. So I'm recording this on uh, Saturday, January the 6th. Uh, Bitcoin is trading just about 44K. Yep, 44.2 at the time of this recording. Uh, and we have the potential ETF approval this week. Oh, sorry, by the way, one last thing on the video. I upgraded the camera setup, so hopefully it's higher quality because the last one was kind of blurry and not like full. Like I use a 4K camera, but it was like not. Anyways, it was like something with the settings. So I, hopefully it's all fixed. Change the background out. We're, we're going to mess it. We're going to maybe try some new backgrounds here. I need I need some new energy. Need some new energy going into 2024. The library den was fine. It had its era. But we're in a new era now, so we're going to try out some new backgrounds. Um, also, I'm going to do chart streams and stuff because I finally, I used to always do them on my Mac. 
uh, and I finally have a good PC, so we'll do chart streams. So just hold on, can I show? Oh, look at this, beautiful, look at this. We can have charts, we can, oh, we can do so many things now. It's so beautiful, but we're not gonna do that today. We're going back, hold on, okay, okay. We're not gonna do that today. We're gonna do uh, a regular monologue episode, but we're gonna do chart episodes and stuff in the future too, so that'll be good. So it'll be a little more dynamic. Anyways, um, where do I wanna start? Let's start with Bitcoin and let's start with the ETF because I talked about this last time, but it's been a couple weeks and there's been a lot of uh, conjecture since then. I think people are overrating the ETF too much in the long-term uh, scope of things in terms of too hyper-focused on the near-term price action. As I said in the last episode, what happens on the day of the ETF, the week of the ETF, that was a few weeks ago. Now we're literally approaching the week of the ETF approval. Um, what happens specifically is like anyone's best guess. Uh, before you could certainly argue it was more of a sell the news event. Now that we kind of had a big nuke this week and ahead of the ETF, I don't necessarily know that you're gonna see like some major sell off because a ton of the, the open interest got wiped out. A lot of the funding rates got reset on alts. So, and and a lot of these alts, frankly, right now, as the time at the time of recording this, are down like 30, 40% just in the last week uh, from, from, their, from their highs. So I don't know that we necessarily will see like a major wipeout. Now, Bitcoin's just been ranging. Um, that's the other thing. We've just been in this like 40 to 45K range for about a month now. Um, so I, I don't see like a major sell-off happening the day of anything like that. I'm sure there will be some, you know, standard volatility, but I don't think anything crazy I think the main thing that matters is, is we're going to have to see the flows initially that come in. Um, alts are in an, an interesting spot right now where I won't lie and say that it doesn't feel like a lot of these alts are exhausted. Um, and we're seeing a lot of the kind of like cycle where we see lots of rotations happening. And, you know, you had Solana blow off around Christmas. And then you had like Say follow up after that. And then you had some of the ETH betas uh, like R and OP were moving. And we're kind of rotating through a lot of the late stage uh, uh, rotations, it feels like a bit. Basically, we were at a point back in October where the market had been very dead um, and had been bleeding out for a couple months. We pretty much bled out most of September, most of October, and then the rally kind of started like the last week of October. And it feels like pretty much all of the capital that was already in crypto, right? We look at the stablecoin market cap and in these various metrics of, of sidelined capital, um, feels like most of that has been deployed at this point, right? I don't know anyone that is active in crypto and actively keeps money in crypto that hasn't been doing something something in the last you know month or two, right? Whether they were late or early or playing small caps, large caps, all uh, major alts, uh, some of the new stuff like, like Solana ecosystem or BRCs or whatever, right? Everyone's been doing something and it doesn't seem like a lot of people who have maintained their activity through the last two years in, in crypto uh, were not active in the last two months, right? But there also was a trickle in of new money and we saw that through tether printing. We saw that just through the general uh, stablecoin total market cap going up for the first time in, in like over a year. Um, 
And that has slowly gone up. And then also you see that from uh, the CME open interest from TradFi uh, was basically hitting all-time highs. So there was clearly new money coming in. Now, the problem that I think we've reached at this point, the reason you're seeing Bitcoin itself stay uh, consolidating and a lot of alts just kind of hitting this rotation game and then this alts cool this week and then totally bleeds out the next is because the money that was here the capital that was here is mostly exhausted and playing the rotation game and there is new money coming in but it's not coming in fast we're not seeing massive amounts of inflows uh like you would see in a normal bull market and that's where i i was thinking about this today Market is in this weird spot where for for pretty much exactly a year now, right? Because it's January 2024. Um, starting in January 2023 was like the first, that was the bottom, right? Bitcoin was like 15, 16K. And then we came off the bottom um, and had that Q1 rally that mo on major alts was like January, February. And then it trickled to like meme coins and stuff in, in March, April. Um, and then you had... You had that little cycle and then you had like the summer first initial announcement of the ETF, like June, July into August cycle. And then things died off. And then you had this like mostly November, December cycle that we've kind of had now. And we and it feels like we're in the August and the, you know, March of those other two cycles, right? Where it's like we go through this two months of a lot of action happening and then it slowly starts to bleed out trickle out trickle out trickle out and then you have like two months of dead time and then it picks back up again and it almost feels like we're doing like this for the third time in a row now um and it just every time we just steadily go higher and higher on bitcoin and alts overall which i mean is kind of fine i mean frankly it's been very very lucrative so i'm not complaining um and it means we have more time until potentially a real bull market starts um you know i think a lot of people including myself thought that this uh like november end of year rally felt different um and it did in the sense that obviously bitcoin uh, went very high right bitcoin's back in the 40s now um, but it doesn't feel like a bull market. Like when I say bull market, I mean like in 2021, right? Where at the end of 2020, starting in like September, October, all the way through April, 2021, you just had like six months of basically up only on Bitcoin and ETH and, and, and then all other alts around it. And you just had tons of activity and tons of new stuff going on all the time. Um, and then you had like the, the, the May crash, well, the April, May crash. And then you had like the, the second half of the bull market in the second half of 21. But the idea is that like, we basically had like up only for like six straight months. And we still haven't had that, right? We can't really get up only for more than like a month or so at a time, right? Bitcoin basically went up from the last week of October to the first week of December. Uh, so call it five weeks or so. And then it stopped. It's been ranging since then. Um, so it just doesn't feel like a bull market yet. It just feels like more money is coming in. There was obviously a major catalyst, uh, which we've now reached that catalyst or are about to reach that catalyst. And now we're reaching exhaustion again a bit on some of these alts and these rotations and it kind of leaves you questioning like okay so when does this next real rally start um 
and and does it end now the other the other thing is that i think it also makes sense that we stall out a bit because you know you look at the timing of it we kind of started stalling out the last couple of weeks of the year uh you know christmas new year's all that it, it's it was slower in all markets not just crypto and then we start off the year and we have this lingering uh, major event. And so a lot of people are not necessarily looking to position right before this event, right? So there's there's reasons why it makes sense that we could be stalling out and that after the approval flows look going on it, and then we pick up the rally and start going from there, that very well could happen. Or we could have a temporary sell, sell the news in terms of like a, a, this bleed out starts commencing. I could see that too. Now, I think the flows are going to be really good on the Bitcoin ETF. So that's where the, and I'm kind of talking a lot here. I don't have an answer. Um, I, I think the flows will be really good, but I also can't deny the, you know, the feel of the market right now. Um, with that said, I still personally am going to be long going into the ETF announcement, but I'm not going to be like over levered to the tits. I'm not going to be like 100% all in, um, but I'm definitely going to be positioned long and I am currently positioned long. I'm, I, I bought, I kind of tweeted earlier today that I was buying alts um, on the dip today because a lot of stuff has just been bleeding out for days now. Um, so I will be positioned long going into it, but it, it does make me question you know, if we get a, a, a little bump on that day or the days after, if I should be selling into that or not. Um, I kind of will just play it by feel. The challenge for me is that on a um, year-long-ish, 12-18 month time horizon, I'm very bullish. And I'm not just bullish crypto, I'm bullish basically all all assets. Um, and I gave the whole spiel as to why on the last episode, but very simply, I think that the tightening regime is over and we are going to go back into an easing regime. Uh, we will likely cut rates at some point this year. I don't know if we'll, the rate cuts will be as aggressive as the market is necessarily pricing in, but I actually think that matters a little less. Um, it's more that the liquidity cycle has kind of reset. And I think that especially going into to this being an election year, um, we're gonna just start seeing money printing again. And like I said, there's the, the, the we have no choice. I gave the whole spiel last time, but go listen to the last episode. We have no choice. We have to pay for, we have to start paying interest on this debt. The, the fiscal uh, cutbacks are minuscule when we get them. Uh, to the point of them basically not even being real, right? We're looking at like potentially a 1% cut, which would be huge uh, coming soon, depending on uh, what the Republicans decide to do. But anyways, besides the point, they're going to keep printing money and the tightening cycle is over and the easing cycle is going to start ramping up again. And that means that there's going to be more liquidity injected back into markets and you have tons of sideline capital uh, kind of waiting on the wings. And so... Does that mean that it all happens right now? No. Maybe Q1 will be a bit of a slump compared to Q4 since Q4 was a rally in, in crypto and equities and, and pretty much everything that had been suppressed going into Q4. And so maybe it'll take, maybe Q1 will be slower. And like I said, we'll continue this little cycle that we've been doing where, 
you have like two months on, two months off, two months on, two months off. And so maybe November, December was our two months on and January, February will be our two months off. And then come March, you know, you have the halving in April and you have potentially uh, ETH ETF in, in, in May. And we have like new catalysts and new drivers and new cycle runs up. I don't know. But I, I maintain bullishness on the high time frame. And so I think the only appropriate reaction is if you're trading day to day, then you know, you kind of just trade the price action anyways. But if you're trading um, on a higher time frame, I think you just have to use any major dips for buying. And you have to obviously, you know, manage your risk, you want to not bleed out your capital on on short term moves, um, which is very easy to do in this current market. But you just have to keep buying dips. I know it sounds like very basic, very simple, but I, I just think that's the answer. You just have to keep buying dips on this on the coins that you have a thesis on. So maybe for you, that's Solana or Tia or whatever whatever coins you like. For me, uh, I still really like AI coins, um, Olas and Tower, the main ones that I've been in so far. But I also like some new ones that are going to come out in Q1. I'll probably talk about those in a different episode. You know, a lot of people like um, the ETH coins going into, you know, you have Eigenlayer launching soon. You have ETH ETF potentially coming in in May if if, if that gets approved. Um, so there's, you know, you pick whatever whatever coins you like. So it could be, you know, any 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 grouping of coins. I, I think you just have to maintain bullishness in the in the long term. Um, because I don't necessarily think that a, that, that a lot of these prices are going to get you're going to get insane discounts. I think it'll be more like if anything, we're going to have like slow bleed out time. And then you're just going to have to be willing to stomach and hold if you're already holding and then continue to buy on any dips that you get. I don't think that we're going to see like big dumps across the board and then you just slam by and we continue because we kind of had a little bit of that. And lately it just stopped working. And typically when you see the the reward of buying the dip stop working people are very quick to stop doing that and that's when you get this bleed out uh slow selling instead of the fast because everyone the, the the fast crushing dip you know it hurts for the people that are over levered in the moment but for everybody else it's great because it just is a quick wipeout, and then you can continue with the trend right and you can get some good entries for 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 most people, the pain is when you have this slow bleed over a month or two. And like I said, that was basically what we did three times already this year, right? We did it in March, April. We or eh, yeah, I guess on majors, we did it in March, April. And then we did it in like August, September, October. And now we're kind of starting to do it again. And so if we do get this bleed out for a month or two, I could very well see a lot of people saying, oh, it's totally, it's totally absolutely over. The ETF catalyst has passed us. That was it. That was our cycle, blah, blah, blah. I think that would be the worst take you could have. I actually think that this would be a phenomenal buying opportunity if we were to get like a month of downtime uh, on the market. But like I said, we have to see the flows. The thing is, and I say all this because it's what I feel just, you know, I know this market, I trade this market, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you know what I mean when it's like, I know, I know how, she, how she moves. And the way she's moving is just giving me the same feel I had, you know, a few other times uh, in 2023. And so I can't deny that gut feeling. But 
Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And I, I, again, I'm not saying this is for sure what I think is going to happen. I'm just, I'm just, I can't deny the reality of the price action, right? I can't deny the reality that part of me is like, okay, we get any major move up because I'm long right now. I'm long and strong, so don't get me wrong. But if we get any major move up post ETF, part of me is like, mm, maybe I sell into that, and then see what happens uh, if we like start bleeding out again after that. Um, but like I said, the hard part, the contradiction for me is that I do think that the flows are going to be really strong. Uh, like I said in the last episode, I think that the ETF flows are going to be better than most people think. And my thesis for Bitcoin is beyond just ETF flows. The ETF is just one part of the puzzle in terms of giving ease of access to uh, more market participants than was previously available. But also, I just think that we are going to continue this hyperinflationary bubble across all assets and that Bitcoin and crypto as a whole will be the fastest horse in this hyperinflationary bubble. So I don't think that on the on the macro regime, anything has changed. I, in fact, I think it's only going to keep accelerating. And so on a long term basis, on a 12 to 18 month outlook, I'm still very bullish. Um, but in terms of the short term, obviously, you know, sitting in altcoins in a downtrend means you might stomach 40, 50, 60 percent drawdowns. And that's very painful. And obviously, if you want to preserve capital, you may want to consider keeping a lot of the money. Because like personally, I find myself in a position where I've more or less tripled my portfolio since this run has started back in uh, October. It's come back a little bit, maybe not quite triple, but roughly around there. And I don't want to give a bunch of money back, right? I'm sitting in a very good spot. And if we were to have major drawdowns, I'd be happy to buy those dips and then reset for a month or two from now. And so I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in a position like myself where you feel like I should be focusing on preserving capital uh, and not going as aggressive with the risk taking and kind of letting the opportunities come to me. Um, and so that's, that's where I personally think if I'm thinking this, a lot of other people are probably thinking this too. And that's kind of how markets become reflexive in a sense, right? In the same way that markets are reflexive on the upside, where everybody wants to chase and go hard and oh my God, the market's so hot, I can make so much money right now. The second it starts slowing down and cooling off and the dip buying is less rewarded, that reflexivity sets in the other way, right? And people are like, I'm not buying this dip, I'm not buying this dip, I'm not buying this dip until finally, you know, becomes so... Uh, the reward becomes risk reward becomes good enough that you say, okay, I'm going to start, you know, buying here. And I don't know that just, you know, a month of sideways on Bitcoin is where you want to start buying, right? That's the reality. I think that if this trend does end, you don't want to be buying alts when Bitcoin is still in the 40s, right? You want to start buying when Bitcoin is like 38k, right? If we were to get there. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at is in terms of uh, the trading spot. It's a tricky spot. It's a tricky spot. And because of that, when things are tricky, people tend to just especially after like when it's tricky after like a couple really good months, I think a lot of people just tend to be more conservative. And my concern is that if you have everybody being conservative, well, that is going to that that is going to self-fulfill the prophecy of what the market is going to do. Right. If that makes sense. Um, but like I said, the contradiction is I think that the Bitcoin flows will be very good. So 
I guess we just have to see. We just have to play it by ear. Um, I, I don't have, I don't have a, a magic uh, answer here. I think you just, I think you have to take some risk, right? I continue to be risk on in the sense that I, I do have longs, but I'm very tight. You know, I keep my trades tight. I take profit fast. I have been over the last few weeks. It's been working for me. I've still managed to be profitable over the last few weeks um, in terms of like the intraday trading, uh, even though it's been a lot tougher and more choppy. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe the 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 bull case is that the flows are really good on the Bitcoin ETF, and that sparks. You know, Bitcoin goes over 50k, and that sparks a lot broader interest um, from funds and retail in investing in crypto, not just Bitcoin, and that kind of uh, reflexivity starts up the other way again. Right. That's the bull case. And that very well could happen. And I'm ready to switch on a dime. But I can't deny the current alt price action. Right. And we can all feel it. You know, we can all feel it. So that's where I'm at. OK, let's move on. I wanted to talk uh, some narratives and catalysts and just a few coins specifically. And then we'll wrap up the show. I'll start off with ZK, uh, Zero Knowledge. This kind of started popping with Mina. Um, in anticipation of like ZK sync coming out in a few months. I don't love the ZK narrative. It tends to always be a bit of a, again, back to what I was saying, like a late cycle, late uh, rotation narrative that we always hit towards the end. Now I traded Mina, it was a good trade, uh, but it's been bleeding out for days since. I don't love Mina. If you are convinced on the ZK thesis, I think ZK is cool in the long term. Um, I just think that it's early, frankly. I think a lot of the ZK tech um, will be very cool and will have general use cases beyond just crypto. But it's probably still at least another year, if not two away. So it's something that on the long term time horizon, personally, I do like and I think that um, is real. But it's a bit early in terms of expecting anything of it now. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't still speculate on it and trade around it. Um, it's just not one of my personal favorite narratives. If I'm going to play it, though, I liked Mina as a trade, but I don't. I, I liked it purely because it had momentum and, and lots of volume for you know a week or so, and, and I played it. But I would rather play something like a Dusk, D-U-S-K, uh, because Mina is like 1.5 billion market cap or something around there. And Dusk is sub 100 million. Now, obviously, you don't always want to just go with a lower market cap coin. But in this case, I don't see that Dusk is, not, is in any way a worse long in terms of the trade setup. Also, Dusk is still like plus 50 or 60% just to its uh, February high, February 2023 high from the Q1 rally that it had. It was one of the fast movers in the beginning of 2023. I think it very well could be if the ZK narrative is going to stick. I think it's probably the best bet if you're looking to just park money in something and just sit in it for a month or two. I would rather go Dusk than Mina, um, just purely based off of like performance expectations. Um, Next up, NFTs. Will NFTs come back? I mean, they kind of have just on other chains, right? ETH NFTs have not really come back except for Pudgy Penguins had a, a little moment um, and probably continue to be one of the only NFTs on ETH that do well. Um, but if you're looking at NFTs and thinking that they do come back, Blur is probably one of the better trades. Um, it had its big move on the initial blast catalyst uh we have blast coming in q1 
I don't love the dilution that obviously there's going to be a blast token, but there is probably a narrative drive there for Blur. There's also rumors of them adding uh, ordinals to Blur, which I think would be a much bigger catalyst for me uh, than Blast itself, because I think Blast has played out a bit. So if you could have those two combined for a, for a catalyst, I think Blur is a reasonable play. I think getting an entry in the low in in the like mid low 40s is reasonable which is where it's trading at at the time of recording. I'm currently long some blur uh on the dip today. It's been stuck in this range though in the like 40s to 50s area. I if it can break out past the 50s, it should make a march towards like 70 80 cents. Um but until that happens, I would just kind of be a little conservative with being too aggressive on blur because it's become a little bit of a a little more popular unfortunately I, I i liked this trade more a couple weeks ago but i've seen a lot more people talking about it meanwhile it's just stuck in this death range so i don't love that um but it is a reasonable play obviously if you think nfts are going to make a comeback it's one of the only token exposures that you can get and like i said they have other catalysts potentially coming as well the ordinals thing is more rumor i don't know if they're going to do it or not um but you know all we need for speculation is a rumor. So uh, that's what I have on Blur. As far as AI, I still am super bullish on AI going into next year. Or I keep saying next year. We're in next year. Into this year, into 2024. I think AI is not going anywhere. I think it was really hot in the beginning of in like October, November. It kind of cooled off in December. I think a lot of it will come back. Olas did already come back. Olas already made new highs to start the year, which was nice. Tau has been struggling. Tau had some uh, internal kind of controversy basically with their subnets. If you don't know, Tau has 32 subnets and I guess previously the idea was that Tau was going to be the main token for all of these uh, projects that build on top of Tau. And now they're saying that all these projects very well may have their own tokens. Personally, I like this. I want more AI tokens. One of the things that I've been upset about is I think the AI narrative is still my favorite narrative. It's the best narrative because it it's it's beyond crypto. It's more of a it's more of a just macro tech narrative um that ai is is going to replace everything and so i still very much like it but i don't love the coin options that we have we have olas we have tau we have render which has some of the worst price action in the world you have fet which frankly is just like pure vaporware with a vapor team um the whole thing about fed is like okay yeah they have former like google DeepMind people but ooh, who cares um you know, ocean, uh, what, Ajax, you know, all these coins, they don't, they don't excite me. They're not, they're not very good. Tau and Olos have been the only ones that I really went hard on. Um, there's more coins coming out in Q1. So hopefully we, we can get some more, some more catalysts, uh, and, and, and more coins going, but I like Tau as a long-term play. I think having more coins is good. Um, because you want more attention on the AI ecosystem as a whole. That one of the biggest problems right now is that there's just not enough good AI coins. And for a narrative, I know that people are worried about dilution, but I actually think AI 
is such a big category that there's room for plenty of coins. And right now, it's not a, a, a matter of competition. It's a lack of attention because we need more coins. More coins often tend to draw more attention to the main winners. And Tau is one of the main winners so far in AI. So I think that this will be long-term good, even if in the short term it's caused some bad price action. Um, so I still like Tau and Olas a lot for the uh, AI play. You also have some tangential ones like uh filecoin i'm personally not super big on filecoin but the idea is decentralized storage uh what will the ai agents use they will probably use some type of decentralized storage solution so that's the thesis there again i'm not personally big on it but in general i'm looking for new ai coins constantly and i'm looking for uh, uh you know just better coins with a a broader range a wider breadth of uh ways they are tackling ai if that makes sense so that's what i'm looking for in ai um brc and ordinals i still am big on track i've tweeted about it a ton i think they're building the a lot of the base infrastructure uh for the bitcoin ecosystem they launched like or they raised 15 million i think for uh tap which is going to be airdropped to track holders tap protocol is frankly tap protocol is really what i'm interested in when it comes to track uh and it's the thing that i that intrigued me the most when i first bought track and that airdrop will be coming probably sometime in q1 not sure exactly uh but i think tap is the real unlock there and that will be on that will be airdropped uh to all track holders so i still really like that as far as um outside of track i like ords ords ordi swap uh we need a uniswap for bitcoin i mean we just need one and there isn't one yet and so whoever can build that first so we don't have to use these stupid like unisat list your tokens in lots and see if someone sells them it's like basically like an nft if we can get an actual like liquid uh you know amm functioning then i think that's a huge leap forward for bitcoin and hopefully already swap can fulfill that gap they also got retweeted by rune uh by thor swap and they uh they quote tweeted them saying let's get them more liquidity so i'm not sure what's going on there as far as a partnership goes but from what i can tell the tech from already swap is real the team is legit everything seems legit there so far so that's one of my more recent bets and you know it's currently trading at like 20 or 30 million market cap if they can build what they're supposed to build here this should easily be worth a few hundred million so this could easily be a 10x uh, if they can deliver on some of their promises which it seems like they will so i like already swap um and track as my two kind of brc picks um beyond that i like dpin stuff um i don't have winners though in dpin dpin being decentralized physical infrastructure um so you have tokens like shadow you have tokens like hive mapper honey uh, which just got listed on coinbase or they announced their listing on coinbase uh you have um um helium hnt i think some of i think helium may be a bit played out i'll be honest i faded helium because it was an old coin from last cycle i didn't think it would come back from the dead i was wrong on that um but it had a huge rally i'm not super duper interested in getting in now i think if I was going to chase one, it'd probably be Honey. Um, but even then, I'm not necessarily looking to chase any of these. The thing for me with Dpin right now is that I think it was more of a questionable 
uh, category, and now it's really solidified itself in the last couple months. And I think now this, the answer is to identify which ones you think may be the winners, and then and and keep your eye out for the a lot of the new ones that are coming out as well. Again, I think one of the things with this kind of cycle that we've been in so far, similar to AI, um, and same with 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 Dpin, is that. I think a lot of the best coins aren't even out yet or are just launching. And I think that we're still super early in this cycle in terms of new coins coming out. We really have not had a ton of new stuff. And I think that that's where I would pay a lot of attention to is not so much on things that exist, but things that are coming out soon that you can get in early on. Um, and I think like OrdiSwap is a good example of one that just launched where it's like, you know, this is real and they can build this tech in a, and they can actually build a functioning AMM. You know, Uniswap at the peak of the last cycle was like 25 billion market cap, right? And this is trading at like 20 or 30 million at the time of recording this. So these are the types of plays that I'm looking for. And with Dpin, I think we're going to see a lot more of that too. So I don't really have winners on Dpin, but I do like the category and I think it's one to pay attention to. So those are kind of the narratives and catalysts um, that I wanted to go over. Meme coins. Um, I like whiff. I mean, <laughs> I know I never recorded an episode during the whiff craze. Uh, that was one of the better trades of uh, of the year, frankly. And, and uh, I still think whiff. I think I like whiff because it has a mimetic uh, quality to it that is very non crypto. Uh, it's a dog with a hat. You know, the thing with Pepe or even with Bonk is that they're great for crypto natives. I don't know that they're great for people outside of crypto. I think one of the reasons Doge worked so well is because it was like a, it's just a dog, right? It's just like a meme. Obviously, Elon had a big part in it too. But I think dog with hat is so dumb. And and, and it's it worked because you saw like Bloomberg reporters tweeting about it. You saw um, normies and women who <laughs> liked the meme that's always like a good sign uh, so i don't know i think something like that if you're looking at like buying a bag of a meme coin and holding it for a while whiff is probably a reasonable uh answer there uh, i'm not big on pepe because pepe one will never get listed on on coinbase um and i think that's a necessity if you're gonna have a big meme coin you need normies to be able to buy it easily um because they just kind of associate Coinbase associates Pepe as the right wing meme thing, uh, whether it is or not. I, I think, yes, it is a right wing meme, but it's also transcended beyond that. But Pepe is still seen by normies as like this like niche Internet thing, not a broad thing, whereas dog with hat is so dumb. It, 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 there's no, uh, you know, negative negative associations around it right so i don't know but meme coins it's always hard to guess what's going to be popular if you if you want meme exposure i think whiff is probably the best like upside just buy a small bag of it and hold it for a while um as potentially being like a shib of this cycle um other than that probably bonk too whenever bonk bottoms out but anyways these i wouldn't be necessarily in a rush because they kind of had their hype cycles and now they're going to go through their consolidation phases um that's pretty much it GameFi, I'm not big on GameFi. It's not a category I love. I'll trade around it when it's hot, but I don't have any GameFi projects that I'm looking at like, oh, I want to hold this for six months or something like that. Whereas I do with like AI and BRC and stuff like that. So anyways, that's about it. My voice is kind of going, sorry. I'm still a little sick. Uh, I have had a cough all week. So I'm going to cut it a little short this week. 
But I will be back with a little more consistent upload schedule. Uh, hopefully we find a new editor. Also, I may just do these on weekends because I wanted to do it during the week. But frankly, you know, I trade during the week. I have to make trading my number one priority. That's how I make my actual money. This show I don't make any money from. So, um, you know, I may just do it on weekends when I have a little more time. So we're going to mess with the schedule a little bit. But anyways, guys, thanks so much for watching. If you're uh, not subscribed, please do. We're almost at 10K on YouTube. I would love to hit 10K. So make sure to subscribe if you have not. And um, yeah, I think this is going to be a great year. What happens in the short term, you know, we'll see. Obviously, I'm a trader, so I have to give my honest opinion on the short term. But I think this is going to be a great year for crypto and assets in general. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Peace.